You just you need you need to start off with a little Connie Francis, and I needed something nice and easy. I need something nice and easy tonight to start off with because I just uh, I still don't feel like myself. Sometimes get nervous if you're ever gonna feel alright again. But um. Here we are, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and I am just so happy to spend a little bit of time with you here tonight. We'll see where we go with it all now, though. So, what do we have? Pretty much, it's Elon Musk, right? So, we're going to talk about that a little bit, because I think there's a few few really interesting things that are, that are, uh, are being proposed right now. And uh, the reactions to this kind of stuff uh, is, is really is really the the most important thing for me reactions and uh and and i hope that you guys and gals give me some of your reactions to one thing or another i have a lot of extras to throw into the into the equation tonight as i'm broadcasting here from home so we'll take some calls i made sure that the skype works i believe the discord works as well Till you are mine again. That's right. Till, 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 till. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Well, with that being said, I welcome you again to a Thursday evening, a short one at that. And uh, how you feeling? How is everybody feeling? <clears throat> you know how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? And that's where I want to start with. So hello to everybody from, I believe this is working across the board. I got all of my stream keys set up here at home now. Rockfin and Rumble and YouTube and Twitch and Foxhole and DLive. I have yet to find a way to comfortably get CloutHub and Telegram and Odyssey back into the mix without starting up the buffering games all over again. But still, still, there's, uh, there's plenty to do. Plenty to be done, and uh, let's get around to that, shall we? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, first thing up on our... Oh, no, wait, wait, there's something else I have to do here. I have to thank my sponsors. That's right, my sponsors from home. I hope that I'm not uh, doing them any injustice with my, my foggy brain. But I want to thank BlueMonsterPrep.com and SecretNatureCBD.com. I want to catch them both up because I've been, uh, I haven't been around. So, quite frankly, promo code usually is universal, and it's frankly. So whether you're going to check out some of the greatest CBD products, which maybe if I had been smoking a little bit more, all of those, uh, those molecules wouldn't have bound to my cells, you know? 
Um, anyhow, secretnaturecbd.com and bluemonsterprep.com because I had some weird... The fe that's the other thing that's happening to me. The fever dreams, they're not stopping. They are not stopping, man. And last night I had some weird ones. I had some really weird dreams last night, and now I'm forgetting what the hell they were. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. There was uh, big tidal waves came down came down the East Coast and knocked off the top por portion of my house. And a lot of people were obviously in danger, and we couldn't find a lot of people in our lives. So I, me and Lauren, we were together in this um, in this dream. I think the baby was with us, too. But the baby might not have been there. But um, I remember the top portion of our house got knocked off. And I'm saying to myself, what are we going to do? We, we got we to gotta get in touch with people. We got to let them know where the hell we are. So um, we ran down to the basement over here. And I made sure, I, I made sure that all of my handheld radios were were all um all charged up and they were not they weren't charged all the things man all the things that i usually prepare for and they were not charged up so i i just don't uh that was a big part of last night i just wish i could have one normal night's sleep that would be that would just be incredible i could have one normal night's sleep but it's obvious that my body is fighting off this throat infection and it's making weirdness happen in my head so, um, so I guess we'll just have to deal with that for a little bit and hopefully nothing happens to the East coast. But then again, uh, the powers that be seem intent on there being some kind of a nuclear exchange before the end of the year. You know, the, uh, R Russian Navy is reporting flagships are down. It's been sunk. Uh, hundreds of millions more dollars from the Americans over here, the American government. You can't even call them the Americans in, in this government, but uh, the American government over here is uh, is pledging hundreds of millions more to the war effort out there. Just like I don't know. It, again, the pa patience of saints, the the Russians. But it's like illegal to even express that much on the internet these days. But they're they're pushing, man. They are pushing. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully that wasn't a sign of things to come last night. The big wave in New York, some underground nuclear explosion off the coast of the east, and uh, sends that into us. You just never know these days. Uh, that's that's actually what, what were we talking about? We were talking about that with the Edgar Casey night. So. Um, We'll keep some eyes open and some ears open. And uh, keep your floaties inflated. All right, moving on from there. Let's go into the grab bag. Oh, I want to do this real quick. Last night, I was doing... I was watching... or I was listening to the Yankees. And um, I was listening to the Yankees on the radio and laying in bed and just, just trying to relax and all that stuff. And it was uh, it was an interesting thing there because there's nothing like baseball on the radio. There really isn't. It really is. It's a game that was 100% made for radio play-by-play. -play. It really was. And a, it, it, it's a wonderful accompaniment to any kind of thing that you're doing, especially if you're outside. In my case, last night, laying in bed with a nice spring breeze, just 
sauntering through the open window. Not feeling my best still, but didn't matter. I was uh, I was relaxed. And, uh, well, the other great thing about baseball on the radio is that you can, you're, you can always know what's going on. It's very easy to follow along and know what's going on. That is, of course, uh, if you listen to anyone other than John Sterling and Susan Waldman, uh, the Yankee play-by-play. Well, last night, last night, uh, there were three big calls that were screwed up by John Sterling. Three big ones. But the, the last one, no bigger than the last one. Now, I'm laying there. I'm not watching it. So I have to just go by what they're saying. And in this last call, this last call, Giancarlo Stanton, who is a, a uh, pretty much a full-time DH for the Yankees these days, he was up there with a chance to tie the game. If he were to hit a two-run home run, there's a man on base. He can tie the game late in the game. It was probably like the eighth inning, okay? And uh, and this is what we got. It was so bad. And then when I woke up this morning, I found the video to see what happened. They actually wanted to see how bad it was, how it looked. And man, oh, man, it did not disappoint. Listen to this. Here's the 1-0. Swung on. There it goes. <laughs> Deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. But caught at the wall, caught by Tapia. Boy, I thought that was gone. So Stanton got close. And he sent Tapia back to the wall to make the catch. And the now look at this. I'm like, what? Now he says he got close. Yankees come now up. Now look at this. Just empty. That would have tied the game. Watch. So the Yankees get one run on two hits. He catches this ball like seven feet in front of the wall. It wasn't close. I mean, I mean, technically, it was close, closer to the wall than it was the home plate. But when I saw this, I just, oh my God! You can go and listen to John Sterling calls, having to reverse home runs. It's high, it's far, it's gone. He's out. The game's over. It happens all the time. All the time. I can just Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln has managed to escape Ford's Theater, ladies and gentlemen. But he's dead. Oh, I, I thought he survived the bullet. He didn't. He's dead. By the way, it is the anniversary of that. I thought of those two. John Sterling announcing the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. That would be a... Uh, that would be a... You'd be on the edge of your seat. You don't know what the hell's going on. Um, what else is there? What else is there over here? Um... Well, the India Today has reported, I'm sure you're all going to be very happy to hear this, that this big lizard was raped by four people, which is, I don't know why anybody can't believe, I mean, if, th- if this can happen, anything can happen. Maharashtra forest authorities have arrested four hunters for allegedly raping a Bengal monitor lizard in the Sadari Tiger Reserve. The forest officials came to know about the incident when they checked the mobile phone of the accused. They were, I mean, this is just... This is, this is planet Earth. This is planet Earth. Here's more from uh, the United States. First Texas bus full of migrants, illegal aliens, have been dropped off in Washington, D.C., A special delivery from Texas Governor Greg Abbott 
arrived in Washington, D.C. Wednesday morning as a bus full of dozens of legal immigrants stopped just blocks away from the U.S. Capitol at approximately 8 a.m. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Governor Abbott. Instead of just keeping the illegals on the Mexican side of the border of Texas, he brings them 1,700 miles closer to Westchester, New York, because that's where they're coming next. So thanks. Thanks, Governor. That's just fantastic of you. What else do we have here? Oh, this should be a no surprise. Headline from the National Pulse. Britain's first gay Muslim politician found guilty of sexual assault on a teenage boy. Britain's first homosexual Muslim member of parliament has been, uh, has found, has been found guilty of sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy. Imrad Ahmad Khan, 48 years old, stood trial at Southwark Crown Court in, in London, wherein it was revealed he forced the youngster to drink gin, dragged him upstairs, and asked him to watch pornography <clears throat> before assaulting him. The court heard that Khan had gone to the boy's bed and reached in, touched his legs, reaching out, touched his groin. His breathing was getting quite heavy. That's the most disturbing part about the whole thing to me, if you ask me. Had this guy breathing over you. It's getting heavy. I kept pushing his hand away, pushing it back, and it would keep coming. Well, he was just... He's tenacious. These Asian politicians. Tenacious. Very tenacious they are. A lot of Asian problems in the UK, of course, but we don't hear about those a lot lately. Because we know who controls the media. And uh, here's another one, another headline that perhaps you would never have thought you'd ever hear in your lifetime. But it's happening to you tonight. Two inmates at an all-women's New Jersey jail are pregnant after both had sex with transgender prisoners. Okay? And everybody said, this is shocking. It's shocking. And only in 21st century America would it be shocking to hear that two female inmates were to become pregnant by having sex with men inside of a uh, prison. So here's my question to you. This absolute abomination happens what is your stance? What, what is, are you at that hard line, a, uh, an abortion, an abortion, um, you hard line on it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because uh, when I hear things like this, I always wonder, I always wonder if, if, if even inside of the most anti-abortion person's heart, is there even a little bit of a stirring of, you know what, uh... It's a, it's a question I want to ask. I still err on the side of life. But this is horrendous. This is truly... This is truly ugly. Ugly shit. Um, I, I, I mean, that is... And God knows who's going to be raising that child. If, if it's... I mean, honestly, given the consideration of what's going on right now here, I bet you any money that it's probably... They're probably already going to be aborting... But still, still, 
Just throwing that out to the audience. I want to know what you think. All right, well, with that being said, it's time to start the show off. I want to get into the main topic tonight, maybe take one or two calls, and we are off by eight, and uh, and off, off kicking off down the, the dusty trail here. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy yourself. Good evening, and welcome aboard. That's not it at all. That's not, that wasn't it at all. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! ladies and gentlemen so good evening where do we start where do we start with this one I thank you so much for tuning in whether it be live or on demand and you can share it around to everybody you know I'm always a little bit out of sorts when I am home anyhow I've got one less monitor to work with uh, the technology is slightly different but I'm starting to get a hang of it uh, I thought I was gonna get a lot more a lot more practice over the course of the winter but we didn't get more than one snowfall so that didn't really matter much anyhow when we woke up this morning you probably got a little bit of news about Elon Musk I saw this on disclosed.tv Elon Musk had made has made an offer to buy Twitter buy straight out buy says the platform needs to be transformed into a private business to thrive again which is true of course but thriving is not really part of the game plan here it's a tool that's being used exactly how it's intended to be used by those who have control of it and of course they're carrying water for their masters in the past many on Twitter used to say it's a private company they can do whatever they want Musk now seems to take this saying to a next level because he went out and tried to buy it here is some of the uh, here is the email or the letters of intent that was let out this morning. You probably have seen it. Exhibit B, Brett Taylor, chairman of the board. It's a uh, address to. I invested in Twitter as I believe its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a social imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve its societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. 
As a result, I'm offering to buy 100% of Twitter for 54.20 billion. Oh, well, well, no, no, I'm sorry. It was over 40 billion, but 54.20 dollars per share in cash at a 54% premium over the day before I begin investing in Twitter and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. <clears throat> my offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. I will unlock it. And then this was sent via a text message. As I indicated this weekend, I believe the company should be private to go through the changes that need to be made. After the past several days of thinking this over, I've decided I want to acquire the company and take it private. I'm going to send you an offer letter tonight. Uh, it will be public in the morning. Are you available to chat? The best and final offer. I am not playing the back and forth game. I have moved straight to the end. It's a high price and your shareholders will love it. If the deal doesn't work, given that I don't have the confidence in management, nor do I believe I can drive the necessary change in the public market, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder altogether. This is not a threat. It's simply not a good investment without the changes that need to be made, and those changes won't happen without taking the company private. My advisors and my team are available after you get the letter to answer any questions. There will be more detail in our public filings as you receive the letter and review the public filings. Your team can call my family office with any questions. Now, this is pretty interesting stuff right here because, of course, the biggest problem with Twitter is that the locks, the things that he wants to unlock, that's actually part of the key features. These are not bugs. These are not things. that need, These are key features right now. I mean, this is, this is the reason why Twitter helps, how Twitter helps steal elections all around the world. This is the same reason why Twitter is able to frighten the world, the planet, into lockdowns. Because there needs to be very, very tightly controlled mechanisms inside that are not unlocked so that people have any kind of a transparent view of how the platform works and how people are being completely duped into thinking that they have any kind of reach and that they are interacting with anything anything less than 60% bots and bullshit. But the reaction was just fantastic. Fantastic. Here was one Clay Travis was reporting on the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos's Washington Post. Here, Clay Travis said the Washington Post, a paper owned by Amazon billionaire Jeff Bezos, thinks it's important to keep rich people like Elon Musk from controlling communication. <laughs> Democracy dies in hypocrisy, y'all. Here is the actual quote from the Washington Post. Uh, Musk's appointment to Twitter's board shows that we need regulation of social media platforms to prevent rich people from controlling our channels of communication. Yes, because everybody, yeah, out because outside of Elon Musk, everybody who has stake in media, social media, news media, they're all barefoot tellers, bare barefoot oafs, tellers of tales. That's what they are. That's all they are. You know, just just common folk. That's all they are. So it's really incredible once again to see everybody 
freak out about one unknown. Now, you can say whatever the hell you want about Elon Musk, and many of you would have plenty of valid reason to say it. We did the whole character uh, the character alignment chart for Elon Musk a, a week or two ago. We did all that stuff. There's still a lot of people out there. We were, we were, uh, most people settled on chaotic neutral. But regardless of what you think, I apply this to the same kind of reaction there was to Donald Trump showing up on the political scene. Now you can say once again whatever you'd like about Donald Trump. His past associates, his known associates now, who's funding him, what, what his ideas really are all about. Uh, if you see however many chinks in the armor, however many flaws in the character of the man, whatever the hell it is that you may very justifiably have against one person or another. The one thing that you need to be able to, uh, to identify is a, a truly spooked reaction to that one person. There is an unknown that has been thrown into the situation. Regardless of everything we think about uh, Elon Musk and his flip-flopping on AI and Neuralink and where he gets all of his space money and all that stuff, he has scared a lot of people right now. And and the reaction is... The reaction is genuine. Um, here's a little bit more that I thought was interesting. I saw Doc Keck put this into the into the Discord prior to the show beginning. This is from the Conservative Treehouse. I think Sundance posted this not too long ago. It's about the it's about the potential buyout. Listen to this. Bottom line, more users more users means it costs Twitter more money to operate. The business model is backwards from traditional business. More we're talking about the business model here and what it may reveal about Twitter as a whole, which wouldn't be too surprising once you once we get to it. And would also reveal a little bit about maybe why there is so much fighting on this. Where you have uh, Vanguard, BlackRock have come out. And I know a lot of people have said, well, listen, uh, there's, there's probably Vanguard and BlackRock money that have gone into uh, Elon Musk's own personal ventures. Still, uh, the suitors have now showed up to try to stop this. All of the, uh, all the suitors that, that, that can muster the cash. Let's see here. Bottom line, the more more users means it costs Twitter more money to operate. The business model is backwards from traditional business. More customers equal higher cost because each customer brings more simultaneous users, which means exponentially more data performance is needed. User engagement features on Twitter are significant because that's all Twitter does. Not only can users write comments, graphics, memes, videos, but they can also like comments, retweet comments, subtweet comments, uh, bookmark comments, and participate in direct message systems. That is a massive amount of server data and performance demand, and when you consider simultaneous users, it's almost unimaginable in scale. That cost and capacity is also the reason why Twitter does not have an edit function. With 217 million users, you could expect 50 million simultaneous users on Twitter during peak operating times. My back of the envelope calculations, which are usually just estimations based on known industry costs of data performance and functions per second, would put the data cost to operate Twitter around at least $1 billion per month minimum. In 2021, Twitter generated $5.1 billion in revenue, according to Wall Street Journal. 
There is no business model, even with the paying subscribers, for Twitter to exist. As the business grows, the costs increase, and the cost of subscribers would grow. So what is going on? The only way Twitter, with 217 million users, could exist as a viable platform is if they had access to tech systems of incredible scale and performance, and those systems were essentially free or very cheap. The only entity that could possibly provide that level of capacity and scale is the United States government, combined with a bottomless bank account. Well, if my hunch is correct, I believe that this is Sundance writing, if my hunch is correct, Elon Musk is poised to expose the well-kept secret that most social media platforms are operating on U.S. government tech infrastructure and indirect subsidy. Let that sink in. The U.S. technology system, the assembled massive system of connected databases and server networks, is the operating infrastructure that offsets the cost of Twitter to run their own servers and data. The backbone of Twitter is the U.S. government. There is simply no way the fourth branch of government, the U.S. intelligence system writ large, is going to permit that kind of discovery. Ah, uh, that... Now, that... That is something, that's something fucking incredible. That is something incredible. I, I mean, it's not surprising, of course, to know that there would be that kind of a cozy interdependence between our, uh, our political rulers and the, the bureaucratic state and Twitter, which, of course, as I said before, is a tool to make sure the bureaucratic state stays in place or that there is a sufficient amount of public fear or anything else that, that keeps people, the, the public, compliant with whatever the bureaucratic state wants, either domestically or abroad. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's crazy to see, to go on to Drudge Report today and see something like 82% of people now, now uh, agree that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. Well, I mean, you, you bludgeon them over the head with this shit every day, at every waking moment. And then they report on it like they made news, like they stumbled upon something, like they're actually reporting on organic human behavior. But it's not. It's manipulated human behavior from the beginning. And this marriage is all there is to the system. If they don't have that illusion, they don't have anything. The illusion of majority, the illusion of consensus, they don't have anything. So it makes perfect sense to me. It didn't shock me. Uh, it's just every once in a while when you see these things articulated in that kind of a way, it gives you that aha moment again, and you kind of relive it all over again. So, um, so yeah, there's that. Here's a little something I want to uh, read you. This is from Jonathan Turley's site. From Jonathan Turley's site, Freedom is Tyranny. Robert Reich, who's a big dumbass, goes full Orwellian in anti-free speech screed. We recently discussed the gathering of Democratic politicians and media figures at the University of Chicago to discuss how a better shape news, uh, how, how, how to better shape news to combat quote-unquote disinformation and to re-educate those with conservative views. The political and media elite shared ideas on how to expand censorship and control what people read or viewed in the news. The same figures are now alarmed that Elon Musk could gain greater influence over Twitter and perish the thought, restore free speech protections to the site. 
The latest is uh, the latest is former Labor Secretary under President Clinton, Robert Reich, who wrote a perfectly Orwellian column in the Guardian titled "Elon Musk's Vision for the Internet is Dangerous Nonsense." <laughs> However, the column offers uh, the column offers an insight into the anti-free speech mentality that has taken hold of the Democrat Party and the mainstream media at large. Musk is an advocate for free speech on the internet. Like some of us, he is an internet originalist. That makes him an existential threat for those who have long used disinformation as an excuse to silence dissenting views in the media and on social media. Twitter has gone from denial of seeking to shape speech on internet to embracing that function. After the old Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey was criticized for his massive censorship efforts, Twitter replaced him with CEO Parag Agrawal. They always take from the uh, the Asian companies to come in here and one-up everybody with the craziness. Who has expressed chilling anti-free speech sentiments. In an interview with Technology Review, Editor-in-Chief Gideon Lichfield, he was asked, Agrawal, how Twitter would balance its efforts to combat misinformation with the wanting to protect free speech as a core value and to the respect of the First Amendment. Agrawal responded in kind, quote, our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation. Healthy. Only healthy public conversation. Is the conversation healthy, though? I stay up at night. Is the conversation healthy? Fucking want to strangle me. I want to strangle the whole damn internet. I want to metaphysically strangle the internet, okay? I'm in the mood for some strangulation. But our role is to serve as a healthy public conversation, and our moves are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. The kinds of things that we do about the, you know, I, I see, I see a bunch of, I see a bunch of uh, granite-faced losers walking around a uh, a preschool at nap time and listening to everything that everybody's saying. And uh, 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 Johnny, put that down. Uh, uh, Susie. Okay, Susie, say you're sorry. It's not nice. Of course, Johnny's a dinosaur. This is what I see. This, but they're but they're grown they're grown men and women, and they make six figures plus, and and we're losing out. We're losing out. The kinds of things that we do about this is focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. Yeah, you de you definitely deserve a. One, one of the changes today that we see, uh, see is speech is easy on the internet. Most people can speak. Where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard. Who can be heard. The scarce commodity today is attention. There is a lot of content out there, a lot of tweets out there. Not all of it gets attention. Some sub subset of it gets attention. This is, uh, th th these are the people who are, are controlling this. This is it. You may, you may, oh, I, I don't care. I'm not on Twitter. You, and you may not be. It doesn't matter. This uh, Parshal Agrawal Madarishi, whatever the hell this guy's name is, he is not a mutually exclusive entity. He has been chipped off of the Borg, okay? He's made, pretty much made of flubber, all right? He's the T-1000. He's just one little drop 
He's one drop of the liquid metal. That's all it is. He's one drop. It pools into something bigger. And they've got people all over the place. Seen or unseen, they are in control of the way that you use the internet. Many of you out there have some tricks. You know all the tricks of the trade. You've got your Tor browsers and you know how to make sure that your time on the internet is as independent and untraceable as possible. I don't know any of those tricks, but I'll tell you, the average person doesn't know either. The average person, all they know is the internet is Telegram. That's what the average person knows the internet as being, Telegram. And these are the people who are in control of it. So, um, Reich, Robert Reich, though. Reich tells people not to be lured by freedom of speech. Quote, he says, Musk says he wants to free the internet, but he really aims to do is make it even less accountable than it is now. It's unaccountable right now, in its current form, and we're already completely powerless to have any kind of meaningful conversation about things like election theft, uh, about bioterrorism, about holding people accountable for wide-scale murder, mass murder, government-sponsored murder, here and abroad. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's completely unchecked. What Reich refers to as accountability is being accountable to those like himself who can filter out views and writings that are deemed harmful for readers. Then Reich goes full Orwellian. He says this, Musk advocates free speech, but in reality it's just about power. Power compelled Musk to buy 2.64 billion of Twitter stock, making him the largest individual shareholder. He insists, Reich does, that censorship of views like former President Donald Trump are necessary to protect American democracy. You get it? Less freedom is more freedom. So, like all things, I'm not here to tell you what to think, to think about someone like Elon Musk, but I am watching the reactions. I'm watching the reactions, and boy, oh boy, are they striking. They are striking. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, I'm going to take a really quick break. Really, really quick break. When we come back from this short intermission, I am going to take some calls from you guys and some other fun things, and then we'll be done for the evening. 7.38. I have a few more minutes left in this old throat of mine. And uh, I thank you so much for the time. We will be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission.
We're now entering, quite frankly. 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 We all support. Quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. so much different this track sounds so much different here it's beautiful it's a beautiful song this song if you guys don't know it by now it's called uh, miss you by Trent Moeller and I just love the desolation of it. I love the desolation of this song. Just perfect. Okay. So let us get to some super chats. Some super chats, see what you guys and gals are thinking, and then I want to read, uh, I want to do a little something else for you real quick. Okay, first one up, hello to everybody on Rockfin, I see you hang hanging out with me. Stostube, oh wait, was this from, yes, this is from yesterday. Okay, so here's where, I got that all set up, and we have a couple here on Pilled. From Boys Blanc, let's get this up here. Here we go. Boys Blanc says love and prayers. Thank you so much, Boys Blanc. One two three SKG says, "Well, send me a can." Thank you so much, SKG. And Ohio Patriot says, "Glad you're feeling better, Frank." Well, I wish I was feeling better than I am, but I'm just praying that much better days are ahead because this. Um, not necessarily comfortable in my skin right now, but I gotta get back on the horse. I have to work. And, um, and yes. So thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And anybody out there, anybody out there who, um, enjoy, enjoys the show that we do every night, and there's so much more to be done as far as the, the kind of subject matter that we're going to be touching on and the guests that we're bringing on to the show. If you enjoy the show, and if you haven't become a sponsor, even for something as small as $1 a month, you can go and do that on Subscribestar. You can do it uh, directly through QuiteFrankly.tv on the Sponsor Us tab on QuiteFrankly.tv. 
And then there's all these other great ways of uh, sponsoring the show and contributing gifts to the show in the middle of a broadcast, which is what the gold pills are about and the super chats and the tips and all that. So I appreciate everybody out there for being a sponsor of mine. And uh, I, I have the greatest group of bosses that there there are because, man, I, I don't feel right taking days off from work. And when you have to, it's good to know that you can. So thank you guys and gals for that. And my family appreciates it too because obviously they, they want to see me feeling good too. All right. A little bit more here. Let's take some calls, 914-595-6953, call in whenever you want. But this did, this brings something else up. I know that this might get into, this might, uh, I don't know, rub a little bit of you uh, crypto people raw, but I thought that this was just, this was just really interesting here. Now listen to this. Here is a headline from Coindesk.com. Jack Dorsey's first tweet, an NFT, went on sale for $48 million. So that's pretty much a picture of his first tweet. $48 million. It ended with a top bid of just $280. That's it. Crypto entrepreneur Sina Estavi bought Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet as an NFT for $2.9 million last year. Okay, so $3 million was already spent on a picture of this dumb Yeti's first tweet. He listed the NFT for sale again at $48 million last week. The current owner of the NFT listed at $48 million, Iranian-born crypto entrepreneur Sina Estavi, purchased the NFT for $2.9 million in March of 2021. Last Thursday, he announced on Twitter he wished to sell the NFT, a non-fungible token, and pledged 50% of its proceeds, which he thought would exceed $25 million, to charity. The auction closed Wednesday, which is seven total offerings, ranging from 0 0.09 uh, Ethereum, which is at uh, $277 at current prices, to 0.0019 Ethereum, almost $6. The deadline I set was over, but if I get a good offer, I might accept it. I might never sell it, Estave told Coindesk via WhatsApp message on Wednesday. Well, I'd have to imagine if you only got $280 sent to you, in exchange for something you were stupid enough to spend $3 million on, you're going to hold on to it until the it spikes again. I, I don't know. Now, here's the other thing. Someone who's in this kind of a game, perhaps $3 million is absolutely nothing to them. Perhaps it is fuck you money, and you can just do whatever the hell you want with it. Maybe, it's, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. But it, it reminded me of this meme that I saw over the time that I was sick. And it, it, it was truly something else. Truly something else. Now, I have I own a little bit of crypto. A little bit. Some of it was gifted. I have, I have uh, you know, wallet keys that are, have been in the, um, the description of each episode for a few years now. And many of you have, you know, sent me little bits of this, little bits of that. And I'm always so appreciative. Um... But you know, I, I I have my reservations, my doubts, and I'm 
I'm just always in a learning mode when it comes to this. I am much more so of the type of person that goes out and and uh, buys some you know, you know some some junk silver, some dimes, some ninety percent, uh, some old quarters, you know, ounces at a time, whatever the hell it is, silver, silver, bits of gold, whatever the hell it is. That's what I I have a little bit more of a draw towards. So you already know that about me. But there's this meme that went around that is so incredible. And you, you get, take a look at this. So here's the meme. Let me get out of the way. You have this picture of a face-off going on. On the left side, there is a obvious trans... Uh, a trans woman, a man who has, you know, dressed up as a woman. You can just tell by the build. You can tell by everything. You can tell on the right that the trans woman is speaking to a woman. You can just tell. One's a man, one's a woman. Okay? But over the, tra over the trans woman's face, of course, is the Bitcoin symbol. And over... The woman's face that, that the man is talking to is a nice bar of gold. And this was so incredible. And then I saw some commentary that was attached to it and brought it to a new level. And I got to read it to you. I, I must read this to you. Here it is. <clears throat> Here's the commentary. And Anon put this down uh, on the... This was, this was last... I guess it was last uh, spring, and I had not seen this until the last week or so. And an Anon wrote the following. This is honestly the funniest picture I've ever seen on the internet. His vaguely threatening volatility and market cap. He's talking about the, uh, the trans on the, on the left. His vaguely threatening volatility and market cap. Gold meekly, meekly crabbing in fear. The difference between his massive highs and lows and hers, his multiple crashes throughout a 10-year history versus her usefulness as a store of value for millennia. I could go on, but you get the idea. All of this contrasted with the constant assertion that Bitcoin is identical to gold and there is no meaningful difference between them makes for the most exquisite form of irony when their differences are juxtaposed so vividly. The contrast, the contrast is between uh, the contrast uh, is between them. Uh, the contrast between them, between them, makes the most exquisite form of irony, uh, and it, the contrast is almost divine. On the left is man's hubris, his desire to capture the scarcity and the decentralization of nature and make it his own, his cerebral and conscious understanding of what it means to be what he thinks he is, his intentional becoming. While on the right is nature, effortless, an effortless natural being, no proof of work or blockchain or energy consumption, just an is that needs nothing on the right is nature, an effortless being, no proof of work, um, nothing added to it in order to be complete. He tries so hard, and yet the harder he tries to become, the future or the further he takes himself away from the effortless is that is the gold. It's comedy on a cosmic scale, a joke only God himself could come up with. So, 
I mean, it, it, is, it is incredible. And when I saw, you see that, and that's a, another big reason why the Internet in its freest form is unreal, is unreal in its majesty and its power to be able to cut through the bullshit and why it must be all put away. And it's another reason why the left can't meme. This, this takes, this one act, this one act right here of pasting bit, Bitcoin on the trans person's face and gold on the woman's face, that one act right there is so incredibly intelligent. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. But it, it's so simple. And, and what it emits, oh man, a picture is worth a thousand words. That, th this, this is a novella. Some pictures are worth a novella. Uh, so that's the other thing that's, uh, that, that pops up for me when I think about Twitter and Jack's first tweet and NFTs and all that stuff. And then, of course, we had a little bit of the, the, the prison pregnancy story in the beginning. So I figured, hey, why not bring this up? Uh, oh, there was one other meme that I came across that cheered me up in my sickest of states over the last week. Well, I, I wouldn't call it a meme, but it's, uh, it's an image and it's the dead, hateful stare of Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale, American Psycho. And there's, there's this dead, hateful stare from Patrick Bateman. And I want to read you the text that accompanies this. It's hilarious. <laughs> Here it is. So there's Patrick Bateman's hateful gaze. And the text is, You are gay because you like men. I am gay because I hate women. We are not the same. <laughs> when I saw this, <laughs> it's just a perfect non sequitur. Actually, it's not even a non sequitur. It's just so extreme. Because think about it. It's true. If, th if that were the case. I mean, well, we know that there is such thing as political lesbianism. Political lesbianism is a thing. It is not so much about a woman's attraction, sexual attraction to a, a another woman, um, as it is a in a pr in protest to the opposite sex that they actually just hate. It's not even that, and I think about that. To, to we are not the same, because it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort to get into a sexual relationship with someone of the opposite sex just because you hate. Oh, uh, 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 get into a relationship with someone of the same sex just because you hate the opposite sex. You don't necessarily find the same sex attractive. I think that that level of hatred um, that is being that is being colored in in this this image is so hilarious. <laughs> we are not the same. You're, you'll find no kindred spirit here with me. Oh, my God. I think that cured me better than the ivermectin did. Oh, my God. But, um... Yeah, that's my... Those are my two memes for the evening. All right, well, 914-595-6953. Why don't you call me? Call me. Let me know what's going on. It's 748. I have a couple of minutes left. And, um... And, yeah, did you hear about Joe Biden's sister? I think she has a book because, you know, this is what these these creeps do. They go write book books, like, especially those who don't that nobody cares about. They didn't even know he had a sister. 
but um, but this this weird skeletal freak of a woman goes out and writes a book about helping her her creepy molesty brother move back into the into the White House and how they had to pretty much exercise the White House to get rid of Donald Trump's demon spirit. That's uh, that's what's in this book. Uh, this was from I saw a little bit on this Vanity Fair. I got drawn in just for a little bit, a little bit because the 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 Trump derangement syndrome was just so like I, I was like let me just see what's going on here. Listen to this in a new memoir published Tuesday, Valerie Biden Owens, sister and closest confidant of the closest confidant. I thought that his closest confidant was the, the, the smartest man he he ever knew, his crackhead son. Of the 46th president wrote that a part of the teams decorating the Oval Office, she wanted everything Trump had touched out of there. That meant getting rid of the former guy's chosen portrait of 19th century populist president and ethnic cleanser Andrew Jackson and replacing it with one of the president with one of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was a, a 20th century ethnic cleanser, of course. As well as aiding uh, or adding the busts of MLK, the MLK bus never left, Cesar Chavez, RFK, Rosa Parks, all of which reflected Joe's understanding and reverence for the soul of this nation. Yeah, well, yeah. So m- many of them swindlers. Many of them swindlers, which, of course, does reflect Joe's understanding and reverence for the soul of the nation because um, that's all he's ever done. He's swindled people here and abroad using the United States flag and the authority that it brings along with it as leveraging and bargaining chips. So, yeah. In other, word, uh, in other words, the, there's more members of the Biden family than we knew, and they're all nuts. Uh, Tim from California. What do you, what, oh, hold on, hold on. I've got this. Go ahead, Tim from California. Somewhat, thank you. <laughs> you know, I had the same thing with my, my wife and my son, but well, we all had the same thing back in January. The fever dreams are a bit. Hey, so when did you feel like you uh, became yourself again? It took about a week. Oh, well, I've already passed that. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really, it really was just a three-day affair. But um, this, the secondary thing that happened is just really annoying. It really is. So, uh, right. Um, okay, hold on a second. Hold on. People can barely hear you. Uh, go ahead now. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Uh, very few people could uh, hear you. Um, now I got that all corrected, but just so everybody knows, Tim was talking about how he had the same kind of thing back in January, he and his family, and, um, took him about a week to get recovered. Okay, go ahead, Tim. What, what else is on your mind? 
Yeah, that that, that, that that was about it. You know, um, I look forward to your guests that you're going to have this week. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, it was like uh, I I went and checked you out. You weren't there. Checked out the next day. You weren't there. Next day, you weren't there. I was like, what the hell, man? What's going on with Frank, dude? I know. <laughs> I know. It was really, yeah, you know, it was like a really setback in my day because you're part of that schedule for me, you know? Well, I'm sorry I did that to you, Tim. I really am. No, no, no. There is no need to be sorry. You do deserve time <laughs> off every once in a while. Well, hey, yeah, that's the other thing I, <laughs> I started thinking to myself. I, I, here I am off air for three full shows, which never happens, and... I start saying to myself, man, did I just cut into my vacation time? Do I, uh, you know, <laughs> now I feel bad. I, I usually save up all my days off for, like, around the holidays. I'll take an extra. But, man, I feel like I need vacation more than ever now. This was, like, this was this was more work. It felt like I just did three weeks worth of work in five days. It was the worst vacation yeah. ever. Well I, blew, well, I blew through my vacation time, my sick time, all of that, because... You know, we just got recently got two new puppies, and um, wow. you know somebody had to be here because my wife was down and my son were down at the same time. So I had to take like three days off to be the nurse around the house and take care of the puppies and everybody. And and then I got sick the week right after that, and it was like, dang man, I didn't even have time for that. Well, so, either way, yeah. Tim, I'm glad that you're doing well, <laughs> and uh, cheers to you and the puppies, and thanks again for the call, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. You take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Later. Let's take a call here. Let's see. Oh, shoot. Art from New York. Good to have you on, Art. Hey, Frank. Hey. I'm glad you had a laugh at the end of the the, 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 the hour, man. That's a good thing. You know, that's keep, keep your spirit up, man. Hey, wherever I can get it these days, Art. Yes, yes, yes. Don't, don't waste time. No. Take a laugh, man. Anytime you have, don't don't back up. I just called you today to give you an advice and give advice to the listener to say that health is the priority for everybody. I am a survivor. I was a workaholic. He didn't know anything about it. When I hit the ground and I spent like two two days in the hospital in the coma, I'm a survivor. And I am paying the, the bill until now, after 20 years. Health is first, man. Don't so, give your health to anything, man. Well, Art, let me ask you something. It's a wonderful message you have there. Health is everything. You need to prioritize it. Uh, you, said, you said that you ended up in the hospital in a coma for a couple of days, and that was 20 years ago? What happened? I, I had a bad accident, man. Okay. I, I fell from the scaffolding. I I had a lot of damages, and I'm survival. How, how high I'm, up? How high up? Seventeen feet, man. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that that's not important. But I just want to give the touch of my experience to tell everybody that health is number one, man, for everything. To enjoy the moment, to fix the problems, to think smarter, to to do the right thing at the, start, the right time. But it's health is first, man. Mm. Money comes later. Money comes and go. Sex comes and go. Owning comes and go. But health, when you lose a finger now, it will cost you a lot of pain. You don't see it when you get it. I am 
I am a model of that pain. You know, it's like uh, the little kids or even the teenagers, they play and they fell on their back. The back, the knee, the shoulder, that's really bad, man. People, they have to be careful for their knees, for their lower back, for their shoulder, and for their head, man. Mm. Those are points of pain that would never go away, no matter what. I took medication for years and years. I drank myself for years and years. It didn't help me. The only thing that helps people is the good of what you do in your life. It brings you the angels and the mean and, and the time of pain and helps you and, you know, shields you up, you know. Like your program, you know, to see some young man like you doing a program, you know, gives you like a nice challenge. It's like there is always hope. There is always hope, you know. Yeah. But health, brother, don't take health for granted. Health is the most precious thing that everybody owns. We don't need to take it for granted, man. When I was young, I was young and I was working hard because I love my work. I respect my work. And I lost some some stuff, but it's okay. It's, it doesn't matter. You know, well, I'm a survivor and, and I'm okay. Well, I'm glad that you are okay. I'm glad that you survived. And I, I appreciate this call because I, I, health is always something that is a major priority of mine, which is why I, you know, I tended to myself the best I could and... Here I am, hoping that uh, that the next couple of the next week or so uh, is is even more healing along the way. I appreciate the call, Art. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my brother, and I wish you a nice holiday. You know, nice weekend. You know, to take your charges, and you will come back, and we'll be listening to you. Don't worry about us, man. Worry only about your health first. Thank you. You take care, man. Bye bye. Right. Take care, man. Thank you. Yes, I hope it's a very regenerative, regenerative, rejuvenating Easter. Hey, what's going on there, King? It was happening. Oh, nothing much. It's good to hear you. How you doing? Uh, no more foreign callers. I don't know how many times no, I got to say art, Art's good. Art's no, good uh, let me, hear me out. Hear me out. I got a question. Mm -hmm. Why do these foreigners always say, like, the stupidest shit that everybody already knows and think they sound profound because they got these garbage accents. It is profound. He's being very nice. Hey, your health is important. Yeah, no shit, dick. Everybody knows that. I mean, that is not profound, Frankie. Very profound. And, and I, I bet need, your name I... ain't even really Eddie. It's probably Mustafa. And it showed up and it hit me right on the day that I needed it the most. That's, that's the best part about it. So what else do you got for me? Uh, nothing. I'm applying again for the core screener job because you know Eddie never would have got through. Eddie? <laughs> oh, well. Whatever that fuck's name was. Or and he's a good guy. He's a good guy. If you say so. Hey, you know what, though? I got a little bit of, uh, I know you're, you used to be. I don't know if you are anymore. I got a little bit of Oscar trivia for you. Oscar trivia. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that despite being 6% of Academy Award winners, black actors, they are 100% of the assaults? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that, but I have to make next yeah, time. That's, I... it, that's, it. Yeah, that's something for one night when you do your trivial pursuit there or whatever. I At a bar, 
Everybody that does that when they go out, there's there's one for the books there. I knew I knew it was high. I didn't know it was that high, but wow. Okay. It's, yeah, it's that high, man. Well, thank you for that. Next time I go to a bar trivia, I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. There you go, brother. All right, man. Thank you. Later. Later. All right, let's take another call. Let's take a call from James in El Paso. James, you're one of the last ones on the night. What's up with you, man? Hell yeah, Frank. So glad I got through. Listen, brother, uh, I'm glad that you're uh, kind of getting over the hump there. Uh, just just wanted to tell you and the audience, I'm, I'm about to take time off myself. For the next six months, I'm, I'm hiking the Continental Divide Trail, and it, I just I just wanted to say, like, if you need time off mentally, physically, it's okay to do it, you know. Don't feel guilty about it. you got to take time to get yourself right. And uh, you've been a, a huge part of my daily routine over the past year and a half, and I'm looking forward to uh, to getting out there and, and kind of clearing my head, but I'll definitely be missing the show every night. Well, hey, I, listen, you sound like you sound like you're about to embark on a really great adventure right there. You said six months on which trail? Continental Divide Trail. Yep, that's it. It's, so, uh, so it starts in New Mexico and, and ends in Montana, Canada border. Wow! And now this is all going to be on foot. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it's all on foot, and, uh, you know, you'll resupply when the trail crosses towns or whatnot, you know. But um, That's I just I wanted to get out there, yeah, wanted to get out there and, and really kind of do a mental reset, spiritual reset, do a lot of meditation, you know, journal entries, and just be take a conscious effort to focus on my mental and spiritual health because after, after the military, you know, that – all that stuff kind of took a back seat, and uh, it's it's time to you know really, really deal with it. Well, James, so, I, I really hope it. that when it's all said and done, I know that you won't be listening to the show over the course of six months when you're going to be you know trekking across the country and such. A, I didn't even know this kind of thing um, existed. But when it's all done, I would love to hear from you again to hear about. Your greatest visions, uh, visuals, sights, smells, takeaways—you know, triumphs. The the hardest part about it all. I'd like to know uh, it all. Whenever you're you're ready to tell that story. Of course, man. And again, I just I gotta I gotta say, uh, you know, I I found your your show about a year and a half ago, almost two years now, and uh, it, it really has been a staple in my my daily, you know, routine and, and, uh, it's, it's been very beneficial, you know, the community and, and the people and, and all the commentary and, and your witty insights and everything. It's just, it was exactly what I needed for the last, you know, year and a half. And, and I appreciate you and everything you do. Well, thank you, James. Thank you. It makes me feel, uh, makes me feel good to hear that. And I really am excited for your, your journey there and, uh, have a good one. And, Keep in touch whenever you, you, it's appropriate to. Will do. Thanks, boss. All right, man. There you go. Uh, I wish it could be longer tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but my energy reserves are just, uh, they're not there. So tomorrow is another day. It's Good Friday. Tomorrow is Good Friday. So maybe we'll do something a little bit nice tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, definitely going to have some Shroud of Turin specials that are going to play on TV. I have to pass that along to Abe and the crew. Um, 
I also want to, I don't know, maybe tomorrow you guys can tell me who your favorite movie Jesus is. You know, who is your favorite movie Jesus? So many. Is it is it Von Sydow? Is it Jeffrey Hunter? Surfer dude Jesus? That's the Jeffrey Hunter, surfer dude Jesus. Like, oh, yo. But we, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, there's a lot of other things. Vigano. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. He dropped um, some really interesting thoughts, again, about the Vatican, the papacy, and the correlation between deep church, deep state, and what it means for the larger world order that's being shaken up and reshaped before our very eyes. So there's a number of places we can go to tomorrow that I just didn't have the time for tonight. But those longer kind of... Uh, those longer engagements they'll be back eventually and i appreciate you guys and gals for the time here and the understanding thank you to uh uh salty steve thanks great glad you're back frank uh boys blanc says drink your orange juice i can't drink orange juice right now because it would burn the shit out of my throat um so that's that's the that's a problem i have Let's see, what else do we have? The Boyce Blanc says, try a Young Living Therapeutic Oil called Thieves. I will send a bottle. No, we do not need that. I have quite a few young living, uh, young living people in my life. Very close to me, in fact. I, uh, in fact, the soap that I use is the Young Living Shootron soap. I love that, uh, that soap. It, it leaves me squeaky clean, just like all the dial soaps did. None of that slippery shit. But there's plenty of thieves in, the, in this house. I have thieves uh, lozenges and a few other things there, too. So don't worry about it. In fact, I, I clean our bathroom with thieves. That's what I use to clean the toilet. And uh, when I really have a, a bad sore throat, up the thieves spray. It smells like you just took in a big cloud of Christmas and it just numbs everything. Rasika says, you're the best, Frankie Poo. Thank you. Stostube, great Thursday show. Thank you so much. Athena, thank you. And uh, I'm going to unload the scratching right now. Thank you for all the wonderful generosity over there, ladies and gents. Thank you for the generosity. Uh, on the Rockfin, thank you to Fishhead Montana. Says, what's up, Frank? Good to have you back. Great to be back. Dave Sundin. Thank you for your tip. And Shotzi, glad to have you back. Stay well. With all of your support and your prayers, I'm, I'm sure I will get better and better. I'm sure of that. Um, what else do I have here? That's it. That is all. Good night, everybody. And uh, have yourself a wonderful Thursday evening. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, as Film Before Live studio audience, now the Super Chatters, uh, Fishhead Montana, Dave Sundin, and Shotzi on Rockfin, to all my wonderful friends over there on Pilled, and uh, if you're on Rumble right now, I can't see you. So thank you once and all, once and uh, one and all, and tomorrow is another day. So good evening, ladies and gents. Good night.